0: Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Joe Casey cut her teeth busking on the streets of Sydney's King's Cross, although she now lives in the Southern Highlands. And since then, she has released two albums, Dusty Dirt Track and Albany. Her latest single is the lovely, Houseless, Never Homeless, and hopefully there's more music on the way. Um, I might ask her. Hi, Jo. Hi. How are
1: you, Sophie?
0: I'm very well, thank you. I'm actually going to take you back to the streets of King's Cross when you were busking and ask you what sort of music you played when you were busking. Wow.
1: Um, well, I was playing original music all yeah. the way back then. Um, so basically, yeah, I I finished school. Um, I I was I was from Naruma on the south coast, mm-hmm. and when I finished school, I moved to Sydney, um, like many country kids, to have my cultural experience. You know, mm-hmm. to get out of the country, and um, I had an uncle that actually lived in Darlinghurst, right. in Kings Cross so I was actually moving to Sydney to do an associate diploma in journalism ah. mm-hmm. which was you know I, I never really knew what I wanted to do but I knew that I I loved writing I loved writing so I thought journalism was going to be it but you know um it it, it was always the right the writing was always the songs they're always there but mm-hmm. the journalism certainly helped but mm-hmm. anyway so um now, I don't really want to show my age up too much, Sophie, but um, it was before the days of social media, put it that way. So it was a little harder to find your clan and find um, your people when you moved to the city. So at that stage, I was doing things like answering ads in drum media. <laughs> I remember drum media, you know, not alone there. <laughs> Singer wanted, etc., etc. Um, But you know, I did love country music and I was, I was just not finding my people. I was finding circles that I didn't actually really want to be in. Um, you know, there were a lot of drugs um, in the cross at that time and I was a country girl and that frightened me and I really wasn't ever into that. So I thought, hell um I'm just going to go down the street and 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 busk and do it on my own so I did I took a milk crate from my uncle's house and my guitar Mm -hmm. and I used to busk at the top of the train station there was the the tobacco shop I don't know if you remember King's Cross back in the days when it was (laughs) seedy I loved it then it's all changed now and it's it's um yeah it's it's not it's not like it was back then um it's getting more gentrified and mm-hmm. and there's nice markets and wholesome things there that there never was back in the day when I was there in the 90s. You know, it was hardcore drugs and it was seedy. And, yeah, so I would take my guitar and I would busk outside um, the tobacco shop. And I met a beautiful community of people um, amongst Kings Cross doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I had my homeless people and my drug addicts. <laughs> of the people that used to turn up and um, accompany me and really they would make sure that I was safe you know Um, they could tell that I was an outsider at first and then eventually I was I was um, and then I was kind of led into the circle and then they would they would keep me safe so if you know a fight broke out or if it got a little bit um, out of hand one of them would step in and tell everyone to you know pull their head in so um a, I got to mix with the community and I, I wrote some amazing uh, songs about my time in the cross because I did meet um, and have connections with people there. Mm-hmm. And then I got some gigs out of that. So um, the locals started to see me performing down there and I think I got my first gig at a little seedy blues bar called Round Midnight. <laughs> so that's where I did my first gig and um yeah and from then on um just yeah did did a few more gigs around sydney um and then i went overseas so then i went travelling and got out of got out of the cross but um i tell you what i think once if you learn to you know be able to perform on the street mm-hmm. it's a great um it's it's a it's just a great life concept really to be able to um If you can perform on the street to strangers and who knows who's moving past. You can really perform anywhere, I think. I, I I like that I cut my chops on the street at King's Cross. I think it was good. <laughs> well,
0: because when you said, oh, I got my first gig at around midnight, I was thinking, but you already would have played dozens of gigs on the street, essentially. Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, well, you know, venue,
0: venue. <laughs> yeah, venue, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you said you were studying journalism and um, obviously the interest in storytelling was there. Was there yeah. anything that you learnt studying journalism that you think helped you as a songwriter
1: yeah i really do and you know that's why i'm um that's why i'm grateful that i did the journalism because i do think you know it it, it's similar a song you've only got three and a half minutes to tell to tell a song and to be able to connect and to be able to conjure emotions so you really have to condense um and to condense everything into a short period of time. And I think, you know, my journalism and being trained of how to be able to get as much into your who, what, when, where, how, um, yeah, I think that really did help. Um, so I'm grateful.
0: And I can certainly hear it in your songs, that um, that structure you have with 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 your songwriting and, and also the detail that you put into a song like Albany, the title track of your last album. Yeah. Which is a real heartbreak. Like, there's a whole world in that entire song, and so now, so as soon as you said journalism, I was like, ah, okay, yeah. So she knows about finding the details, telling the story, pacing the story, structuring the story, and that's so that made sense from what I'd heard in your music. So um, even mm-hmm. though I asked you if it was helpful, it may not have been. It might have been actually that you went against those journalistic instincts, but it sounded like yes, it. Works. No,
1: I really do think, and and that's why I'm not, um, you know. Uh, I've my kids are getting to the stage now. At my, I've got a son in year 10 and we're trying to decide whether he's going to finish school or, or you know, study and what he's going to do. And I think, you know, what 17-year-old knows what they're going to do with their life? Really, you know, it's a lot of pressure to put on someone young to know what you're going to do for the rest of your life when you're mm. 17. Um, and not many people really have the, uh, the foresight to know when they're that young what they want to do. But I'm just grateful that my journalism was, you know, was 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 so helpful for me for my songwriting. And I I did, I was able to use so much that I learned, um, you know, through doing my course and incorporate it into my songwriting. So whilst um whilst my parents probably wish that I <laughs> had pursued journalism and been able to do the career that we invested my um my college into. Um, <laughs> I was blessed to get so much more out of it, and I think it really did help me so much with my songwriting. And my songwriting is a passion that I've had, you know, for a a very good, you know, for the most part of my life. For the most part of my life, um, things have come and gone, but songwriting has always been there, so...
0: And it sounds like you write songs constantly because there was a reference in something I read about you to hundreds of songs, um possibly in a journal or, or handwritten mm. songs I don't know. but Houseless never homeless was was written about a decade ago. So clearly you go back into your own archives to find songs yeah. to record. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's um, I think when i was when I record albums, i I get a little um, Yeah, I've got so much material to choose from that I really have to ask myself, right, what is it that I'm trying to say? Right. And so sometimes, you know, you might have a great song, but it just hasn't fit the album or it just hasn't, um, you know, there just hasn't been space for it to be on the path that you've been on in your promotion and I knew that Houseless Never Homeless was a really special song. And, yes, I wrote it 10 years ago, but I also wrote another song with Bill Chambers 10 years ago called The Baby's Cry, and that did make it onto the album. So, you know, both of them didn't make it, but um, but The Baby's Cry did. And then, yeah, 10 years later when I was um, getting ready to put this album out, I, I just stumbled a, a, across that song and went, why didn't I ever record that one? Yeah, that, that that's good to go on the album. So we pulled it out and um, was actually playing it to Bill at um, at the studio, at the Rabbit Hole Recording Studio at Casey's. Um, and uh, he sort of said to me, huh, this is a really good song, you know. this is re- I really like this song, he said. So many songs people put, you know, just way too many chords in and there's too many changes and it doesn't make sense. This one just makes sense to me. I like this song. And then I laughed. I said, well, you should. You wrote it with me (laughs) 10 years ago. (laughs) And he went, oh,
0: that makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad I approve of
1: myself. Yes. (laughs) I'm glad I approve of myself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, now the baby's cry um, is a song with an American connection in it, in the story. And, uh, and this song house is never homeless has an American connection because your American grandmother had a journal or a diary Mm. or whatever it was Um, forgotten the exact form, but you found this story in that. So how did you, how did you actually come across that source material?
1: Well, yeah, so it was my it's my grandmother's memoir
0: oh, and I'm so right. I'm yep. so
1: grateful that my both my grandmother and my grandfather on my American side both wrote their memoirs oh. and had them printed out just one for each one for each of the children and the grandchildren so we all got a copy. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful because you know, I I turned to them um Often, and you know, when when I when I long to feel close to my grandparents who've passed away, and I, I love reading about their lives, and I love reading about um, you know their views on things and their values, and then you know it makes me feel close to them, and it makes me think, oh, that's okay, that's why I am how I am because you know this is this is my heritage and this is where I'm from. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so houseless never homeless was from my my grandmother's memoir and it was about the period post um, post when she my grandmother and her family so there was there was four children so it was a family of six and they were living out of their Model T Ford (laughs) because they were leaving Washington heading for California in search for a better life because you know um, you know there was no there was no work Um, times were really really tough and yeah so living out of the out of the Model T Ford, camping, doing a lot of camping in the forest, and um, but it was my it was my grandmother's. Um, it was her take on that time that I thought was so beautiful, and I thought was such a beautiful message was that even though you know this was such a, a tough time for them, um, she recalled that she didn't feel even though she was homeless, effectively homeless she was with her family and anywhere she was with her family with love was her home so houseless yes but never homeless and I just loved that I loved that so much that I thought I'm going to write a song about that so I'd um I'd I'd written the I think the first verse and the chorus and then I had caught up with Bill Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and Bill always says you know, have you, have you written any songs lately? Yes, of course. I'm in the middle of one now. So we sat down and we finished that together. And he was the perfect person to finish that with because, you know, he has such an appreciation of the old times and American um, heritage and all of that. So he was, he was a fabulous person to, to, to finish the song with. And I'm very grateful. It wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for him.
0: And then you took it to his daughter um, for her, at her recording studio, although I wasn't sure if Casey had actually been the producer of the song or if it was someone else working at Rabbit Hole. Right,
1: no. I had actually contacted Casey and asked her if she would like to um, produce my album, and she said, actually, no. <laughs> oh, shame, <laughs> she said I have so many hats to wear and producing isn't really one of them she said but I'd love you to come and do it at the rabbit hole she said Brandon is the producer she said I am the um I am the um caterer okay I said really And she said yep I will cater for you and um we'll she knows that I'm plant-based So she um she did, she catered beautifully and the food was amazing. But yeah, um, producing wasn't one of the hats that she she likes to wear at, at, at the moment. So Gosh. um I had also been working with my my producer that I had done my previous album with, Albany, mm-hmm. Sid Green. Mm-hmm. Um he had started drumming for Casey. Right. So he had joined her band. Since the last album I made. So when I went to make this album, I said, Sid, why don't we do it at the rabbit hole? And, you know, well, we'll he said, yeah, of course, I'd love to. That would be fabulous. And I said, well, I'll need a band. Like, I, I don't know who I would use for my band. And he said, well, let's see. We'll, we'll see if we can pull some strings. Maybe we could use Casey's band. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're just going gotta- to. Be close by, probably. So let's see. Let me think about that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I could. Yeah. I could live with that. So, um, so before I knew it, I was in the studio at Casey's. Um, she was catering, and we had uh, Jeff McCormack on bass. Bill's playing um uh guitar and Sid's drumming and um Brendan Dodd as well, um, co-producing with Sid and also on, on guitar. So it was fabulous. And we recorded live, Sophie. So that was a little bit um, was a little bit nerve-wracking too, because you know most people um you do overdubbing now with mm. studios. So you sort of start with a, a guide track and then lay the drums down, bass, mm-hmm. uh, guitars over the top. And finally at the end you get you get your vocal. Well, they don't like to do that at the rabbit hole. They really love um an organic sound there. So it's 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 live. And the beauty of recording live is you get something magical that you don't get. Mm-hmm. When you do overdubbing, um, it's, it's the magic of being all together in a room and, you know, from start to finish, the magic's created and you get what you get. So that's how we recorded this album.
0: And it sounds appropriate as well that you recorded live, given you had so much live experience and in environments that might be challenging for some singers. You know, if you're surrounded sure. by sounds on the street and different people walking past and all that sort of stuff, yeah. it's, I'd say you're an adaptable live performer from your experience. I
1: think so. I think it's definitely helped. Yeah, I um I love performing, and I think that the stage is my sanctuary yeah yeah like I know some people think that when they get on stage they get nervous or that sort of thing well for me when I'm on that stage it's like nothing else can touch me no one can bother me no one no kids can say mom what's for dinner no one can say can you get me this can you get me that it's like. timeouts my time and I just love it I love um performing and I love connecting to my audience Mm -hmm. it's a very very um sacred and special thing for me
0: yeah um and I'm sure it is for the audience as well um so you mentioned albums so obviously more songs are to be released on the path to album release these days I know that that you know the single releases are getting stretched out because of streaming services do you have a release date in mind for the whole album
1: we do, yes. So um, let's see, next Friday, the 9th, the 9th of June, I've got um, a digital release coming out mm-hmm. um, and then I've got another single that will come out in July mm-hmm. and then the last single will come out with the album in October. So the album will That's- come out in October.
0: Yeah, and it must be a lovely feeling to have it done but also maybe I don't know because of the, the way time's stretching out with between single releases, you might get impatient to have it out in the world. <laughs>
1: oh, Sophie, it's so different. It's completely different. I'm really enjoying this process. Mm. I mean, you know, the last two albums that I did were um yeah, pre-sort of this um single release uh that that everybody's pushing now. So it was the album was out and, and that was it. And To tell you the truth, I I do enjoy this process because doing the singles gives you a lot more time to spend introducing each song individually and, you know, and having people connect with that song and, um, yeah, being able to speak about it and and talk about what influenced you to write it and, and what it meant to you. Um, Yeah, so I'm enjoying that process. So I've just done The Houseless Never Homeless. Um, Yeah, so if that was just put out on an album altogether, like we used to do, people might have skipped past that song, I guess. But now, every song sort of has their place. So
0: so I'm, I'm enjoying it. Oh, fantastic. Now, yeah. something else you did this year, so the album's coming later this year. Earlier this year, you went to the Academy of Country Music um, in Tamworth. You. you are a graduate of the 2023 class. How was that experience?
1: Oh, it was a fantastic experience. I don't know why I waited so long to go. <laughs>
0: Because, as you mentioned, a couple of children, you know, other things going on. Yes. Timing has to be right.
1: Yes, I know. Yes, do have lots of things going on. And, no, I just feel very, very blessed. Um, it's about finding your tribe, Sophie. That's what it is. And I'm so blessed to have been able to go to um, Academy. Um, Yeah, Roger, Corbett and um Linny Botel they just do an amazing job I'm honestly um the energy and the love that they put into all of the students there is just phenomenal and um you know I've been performing for quite some time and certainly there were some younger people there that don't have the experience that I do but I tell you what I learned so much I learned so much and um and you know, because things have changed a lot now, um I went knowing that I had a new album to put out um and wanting to find out how to put it out in this changed market mm-hmm. things have changed a lot and and Roger was the first person who said, you know, well, now really it's all about singles, singles and and film clips because everything's visual now. everybody wants to see things and um look, don't don't ask me whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. I think it's a lot more expensive for the artist. It costs the artists an absolute fortune now. Um whether we get it back, who knows? Um I think if you're out on the road and you're touring, yes, mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. If you're not, then you know it can be um a bit of penny penny pinching, trying to um to release things the way that they do now. Um mm-hmm. But you know, I just loved the process. I loved meeting um, all of the friends that I have. Um, I went up with a friend of mine that I do a lot of duo work here in the Southern Highlands, Amber Kenny. Mm-hmm. So she and I um, have done a lot together in the Highlands. We met, um, well, we met so many people, but one of the one of the girls that we really bonded with was Beth Lucas, and Beth is from Queensland. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful, a wonderful singer songwriter, um, and we started a little trio called the Three Birds and the Truth. And we, don't you love that? Don't you love that? That's great. Three birds and the truth. That's us. So, and we're having our first performance um, in a fortnight at the Let's Wing It Festival. So oh, it's
0: going! Yeah, over the it's June going. weekend. Yeah, Fantastic. so
1: can't wait for that. So. We'll all be performing, um, you know, a mix of our original songs, and we will be we 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 sing in three part harmony, and we've got some ganjos and some harmonicas and all sorts of things going. So I'm really looking forward to that, yeah. And for me, that's what it's about. Um, music is about connecting with people, and for me, it's about being part of the country music industry because it's such a beautiful um, group of people. You know, and if I want to spend my time with people um it, it it's it's people it's people like I, I find that musicians are deep thinkers um they're empathetic, they're empathetic um they're usually you know quite conscious people mm-hmm. and I love musicians and I love the country music um industry and 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 that's why I do it I want to be able to continue to write songs and perform and um and travel and do festivals and just um surround myself with 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 lovely people that's what it that's
0: what it is about me it's about the journey that's what it is well i love musicians and the country music industry as well which is why i love talking to musicians like you um i have had you talking for a while so i will wrap it up right now although I feel like I could ask you a dozen more questions so I'll save it for another interview but um Joe, it's been so lovely to talk to you congratulations on the song thank and you. I can't wait to hear the new songs and then the album thanks Sophie
1: thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show I love it thank you Pleasure.
0: thank you thanks for listening to the sunburnt country music podcast for more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.